Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions. Managing Madrid Podcast. This is your host, Kian Sobani, and uh, this is a bonus show, midweek show on a Thursday. We're looking to set the stage right after the international break where Real Madrid travel to Gran Canaria to play Las Palmas, who are a sinking ship. And here to help me break it down is editor of Opta Sports and uh, also a Las Palmas supporter, Jamie Kemp. How are you doing, Jamie? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. And uh, what? Where are you? Where are you this this time of year? Where in the world are you? In England? Yeah, uh, in the north of England, in Leeds. Uh, it's actually quite sunny today, so it's it's uh, it's a not nice like surprise. it's not Grand Canaria sunny, but it's. Yeah. <laughs> no. Do you mind us, please, how you became a Las Palmas supporter? Um, it started about two thousand and eleven. Um. The Canary Islands was a place I'd always, I'd always like gone on holiday, vacation. Um, I just went to a game there, and then ever since then I just, I just kept watching them as much as I could. What, it what was year difficult. did you say that was? Uh, 2011. 2011. So you were in, was you yeah. were in Segunda then at that point, right? Um, I think that was Segunda B, maybe. Segunda so, B. Um, wow. Yeah. All things so considered, then in, that means pretty good. You're in a pretty good spot considering that. Yeah, yeah. I, I never imagined they'd get to La Liga, so even now it's it's not all bad. People don't know this, and I didn't really know this too until I had to take a deep dive. This is a team that was founded in the 1950s, 1949-1950 season, um, in the lowest lowest division possible, and. You, the first three years of that club, you didn't even play in the Copa del Rey. Interestingly enough, you you climbed yourself within the third season of existence. You you got into La Liga, and that's amazing. It's astounding. That was 1952, and then traditionally, you were actually generally a first division team. Like it wasn't until the 90s where where Las Palmas went again into the deep deep depths of of Spain and. Um, it's an interesting club. So I, I was going to ask you, you went, you, you mentioned you went to Gran Canaria a few times for holiday or whatever. Can you talk me into going there? Because right now uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to turn my brain off when the season is over and just go somewhere in Spain that has nothing to do with football. And my family is torn right now between San Sebastian and the other is Gran Canaria. And in particular, I was looking at Formentera. 
Have you been there? Is or you just stick to to the last Palmas region? Um, I've not been to Formentera now, but um, I've been to pretty much all of the Canary Islands. Um, they're all quite distinct. So Gran Canaria is more more of a city type with beaches. And then you have places like Fuerteventura, which are just pure beaches where nothing happens apart from sun and, you know, sea. Um, which sounds perfect. Yeah. So if you really wanted to turn off, I would say Fuerteventura. But Las Palmas is quite a nice city as well. So you can have a bit of both if you go there. Well, clearly, if you've gone there so many times and you've now fallen in love with the football club there, it's it's a good spot. Um Talk me, yeah. talk me, like just kind of walk me through your feelings about this season and kind of the roller coaster it's been. Because on one, you know, it's it's funny because last last season I had written an article in the early start of the season. It was for four or two, and it was about five talking points in La Liga. And at that point, Las Palmas was one of the main talking points because you had just steamrolled Valencia at the Mestalla, and you were a really fun team. And you cooled off. You weren't the disaster you are now at the end of the season, but you weren't you weren't terrible either and then this season must be crazy for you because i remember speaking to you early in the season and you felt you were you were genuinely surprised that it was this bad right yeah sure i, I remember writing a, a season preview at the start of the season and i remember saying that relegation wasn't even a thought in my mind mm. um just because i thought that they'd shown that they had talent in the squad and enough quality to be, you know, to score goals. Um, and then when it came to the end of City, and I thought, when they got a new coach and they'd, they'd sort of reset, um, reset the focus and get back to that level. But unfortunately, it's it's just got a bit too hectic and it's ended up a bit, a bit of a mess, really. You... If relegation wasn't in your mind at all earlier in this season, is it? How real is it now? Oh, it's yeah, it's very real now. Is it like I, I in think, your mind? Is it just going to happen, or do you still you still think that there might be a chance you can creep up above Levante? Yeah, uh, in my mind, I've I've already accepted it. Um, not not because of results, but more just because of performances and knowing that they've not shown the level that they've needed to all season. So there's no reason for me to think they're going to find it now. Yeah. Um, I think this Levante game coming up, if they don't win that, then it's all over. That is a huge game. So for listeners who don't know, um, next weekend, you, you, you play against Levante who are directly, you're essentially the team they're directly competing with to salvage your season because they're six points above you in the relegation zone. And yeah. if you don't win that, that's it, right? I mean, like, yeah. if, if you win that, here's the good news. If you win that, which... Um, if you're a La Liga fan, by the way, you, that's a match you, I think you have to, absolutely have to watch. But if you win that, the good news for you is that you your schedule, while it's, it's difficult in the sense that every La Liga game is going to be difficult... Um, but your schedule is easier than Levante because Le- you have no top four teams after this Real Madrid game. And then Levante also has to go away to Wanda. They have to play it to- against Sevilla. They also have to play against Barca. So if you win that, I'm actually really... I think you're going to 
climb up. That's my prediction. But you have to win that game. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's it's pretty much a, a playoff final for a relegation. Yeah. Or, or as close as you could ever find. We Obviously, the reason we're doing this is to talk about the upcoming game against Real Madrid. But I, I, I feel like there are so many other fascinating things about Las Palmas that I'm curious to pick your brain about. One is, and I mentioned this to you off here, I completely had forgotten that Jonathan Vieira does not play for you anymore. And uh, I was reminded of that when I was preparing my notes for this. And it just, it felt too unceremonious. It felt too, like, you just wake up one day and he's not here anymore. And I I get it. I, it makes me sad. I get it because, you know, even he himself said, um, basically, that what he's going to earn in China is going to just basically solve his future. And I get that. We're all human beings and... And uh, we all want to wake up for our families and our futures and security. My sadness comes, Jamie, in the fact that now he's if he if he had a slim chance of making the World Cup squad, that's gone for sure now. And also, I always thought to myself, just looking at Las Palmas this season, he's so much better than anyone else on the team. And I feel like if you put him in a situation where uh, he's surrounded with better players, I think he would be like one of the leaders in assists in the league. And in your, you're a stats guy and like, you know, with, you know, working with Opta and stuff. And one of the things that struck me when I was looking up stats, La Liga stats, is that he is one of the top key passers in La Liga. I think the only one who has more per 90 minutes is Messi. And now he's just gone and it just makes me sad. How do you feel about this whole thing? Yeah, it's, it was just such a killer blow. Um, to come at that time in the season as well. Um, if if you told Hemez that, you know, this this job was open, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't have Vieira in a few weeks' time, I don't think there's any chance he takes it. Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, because even even when they were really bad, um, including towards the end of Setien's time at the club. Vieira was the one player that never really dropped his level. Yeah. He's been, yeah, he was always 7 out of 10 from the moment they got promoted to La Liga. And as you say, he was always at the top of the chances created, assists, um, even playing in a really bad team where he had to carry the load every week. Can you, I know it's really hard in this season, but can you... Can you kind of pick apart and pick out some other positive things? Like, it's funny. Like, you look at your team last season. You look at like the the transition, and and so many players have come and gone from Boateng to Roque Mesa to Jesse, who appeared for you know a brief stint, Vitolo, who appeared for a brief stint, and now you have people like Kayeri, and Halilovic is still there. He's he's. I don't know, it seems like in the last couple of weeks he's had a bit of a resurgence, maybe showing us a little something, but can you can you take out anything from this season? Uh, man, it's it's really difficult. Yeah. Um, I think with, without Vieira, um, they're just not a La Liga side, in my opinion. Um and going forward, I don't see how many of these players will be around next season if they go down. Yeah. Especially, and that goes for the the good players like Kieri. He he certainly won't be back. Um, 
Then you've got players like Atebo that they brought in um, in January, who has been really good. But I think the option to buy him is something like €7 million. Euros, so there's just no way he's going to be back. Um, so I, I think they're just going to be left with sort of a, a half-baked version of what got them up a few years ago. Rate the Paco Jemez experience so far because he's a very um, interesting figure. He he gives us a lot of gold in the, in, in the press conferences. He has a very interesting identity for his teams. To me, it kind of like peaked. <laughs> Who was it that you lost 6-1 against? Was it Girona or something? Where yeah. you played a ridiculously high line and just got, um, just got <laughs> burned alive. And I don't, you know... Do you so? How much do you pin on him? Like, do you just kind of do you feel like it's kind of futile bringing in a manager who, regardless of who it is, like, do you feel like he has he could have done better? Uh, I think the first sort of four or five games, I expected a much bigger impact just just because of the way he is in terms of intensity. I didn't see the players sort of raised their level in terms of effort, which I assumed would be given with Hemmers. Mm. Um, tactically, he, he started off um, pretty similar to at Rio, playing the high line, taking lots of risks, and they got beat badly quite a few times, like as you say at Girona. Um, in the past two, two months or so, they really shored it up though, and they kept, I think they kept back-to-back clean sheets for first time in like a, a really long time um, and they have been quite solid at the back but that's come at the expense of a pretty futile attack they've really struggled to create chances did you see did you see Paco Jemez's quote uh, I don't know when it was it must have been I feel like it was like two three days ago where he said this is the worst team I've ever trained <laughs> <laughs> yeah I saw it do you is that's kind of is that harsh like what i i it's like it's, i feel like he's just like well i'm going down i might as well just get everything off my chest because <laughs> he's, yeah. he's had teams in segunda too like it's not he's also managed you know uh i, I you know some of his stint was in segunda and then before that he had cordoba like this is this is I, it's probably not a true statement but it feels like it, he's just venting his frustration of not being able to do anything like it feels like he's, yeah. a, he's he's helpless and he's just venting at this point. Yeah, he has a very extreme way of summing up his feelings publicly. Like yeah. he will say, like after a defeat, we should all be fired. <laughs> things yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, what was the Vitolo experience like in those few months for you? Uh, it was disappointing. Uh, looking back on it now just because alongside the injuries he never really showed his best level and I, I think sort of being the number one option um, it affected him a little bit because I don't think he's been used to that for a while um, he's not really the type of player you know to, to stand out as the individual every week which I think people assumed he would do playing in a lesser team but um yeah yeah did you ever um, did you ever feel like you were doing atletico a favor just kind of renting him 
developing him for them, making sure he stays match fit, and then getting rid of him. Yeah, there's definitely a little bit of that. Um, but I think the desire to bring him back is sort of born out of the fans. The fans in Las Palmas just love to see local players play. Yeah. Especially ones that have left, like for big European clubs, for them to come back, it's it's a bit of a celebration. Um, Vieira was saying the other day, actually, um, that when he looks when he looks back at the Las Palmas team now from afar, it really affects him to see so few Canarian players because that that's what they had built their identity on. One of the one of the semi-interesting stories of of your team, like if you're talking about individual players, has been Halilovic because you know we we have Kovacic in our team, you have Halilovic, and people often forget that these two came up through the same team uh, in terms of like their their youth. And Halilovic was actually touted as the more promising of the two, and now you see the kind of like the sharp contrast in their careers now, which yeah. few would have predicted, but. Um, to me, he's kind of just been this frustrating player who his decision-making and his hot head can kind of get the best of him. In the last couple of weeks, he's, he's been okay. He's scored a, scored a really nice goal, at least one goal from, from what I remember. Um, what happens to him? How do you feel about him? Does he, does he have the tools to make it and make a career, better career? Um, I, yeah, he's, he's definitely picked up over the past month or so, I think, um, finally putting some sort of end product onto his his ability to dribble. Um, I, I still have doubts that he can be a ninety-minute player, though. Um, just in terms of what he does without the ball, um, making that impact over the course of a game rather than just flashes and then been a bit somewhat of a liability when he doesn't have the ball. Um, Hemmer's has stuck by him, which gives me a bit of hope that he sees something in him that he doesn't in the other options that he's got, because we do have a lot of wide players and he has persisted with Helilovic. Well, <clears throat> in regards to this weekend's game... On the surface, it it seems like this will be a blowout, uh, which it may very well be. Like, but I guess the the interesting thing is that in the last couple of years, Las Palmas have played Real Madrid really tight, and so last season we had the three three thriller at the Bernabeu, which you guys torched us on the counter attack, and then uh, wasn't there a two two or something in Gran Canaria last season? I think if I I should yeah. have probably been prepared, but I think it was two two, and I think. It was the game where Casemiro scored. Um, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Araujo scored the last-minute equalizer, I think. Mm. That I mean, that that just proves it. Like, I think so. You had we we didn't beat you last season, and then and then this season, um, we had the three 0 and heading into that game, both of us were completely out of form, and that was at the time where like Real Madrid were like peak. Oh my God, this is a disaster of a season, and then. <laughs> We we won that game three 0 but it wasn't that comfortable. I remember writing like a column about it, and one of the things I noted was that was around the time where Real Madrid's defensive transition was really bad, and there was this one moment in that first half where we had seven players in the box, 
and we put in a cross and it was no one got to it and then Las Palmas looked up they got the ball and they were like wow there's no defenders let's just play one pass and there was a counterattack and I think I think a, a more efficient team probably really hurts us that day but they didn't do you do you think that this game will continue a trend of at least making us uncomfortable regardless of what the standings are you you generally play us tight in this in this modern era or do you think that this is now essentially rock bottom because Vieira's gone? You're you're third last on the table, and I I hope this I hope, I hope this podcast doesn't come across as me just really um, criticizing Las Palmas. That wasn't my intention, but I think even you would agree like this is just not an ideal season for you guys. Like how how hopeful are you? Yeah, uh, no, don't don't worry about that because um, I'm as critical of them as anyone. So. Um, yeah, when it comes to the Madrid game, I think I really can't see them causing the problems that they have in uh, in previous meetings. Um, just because I think I think they had success in the previous games because they were more precise in using the ball and taking advantage of the gaps that Madrid would leave. I think sometimes just out of um, taking them a bit lightly and not being as tight um, without the ball um, especially under City and when they have players like Vieira, Tana Messa at their peak they could they could make the right passes at the right time to get in behind Madrid and yeah. um, cause them problems going the other way but I just don't think they have they have the talent or the ability anymore to to sort of manage the game in that way in terms of uh, tactics and formation, what are we look? What are we facing here? Is it going to be like the four-two-three-one kind of scenario that Pakalchemas likes to put out, or what do you think we'll see? Yeah, I think I think they'll go with that one. Um, probably with Tana doing his best to perform the Vieira role um, as a number ten, but obviously that is nowhere near as good as good as yeah. Yeah. The real thing. Um, yeah, I, I think I think they're going to have problems, especially if Madrid continue with this four four two, with Lucas and Asensio playing wide. Um, especially because La, La, Las Palmas, especially under Hamas, will still look to play in a way where they they manage the game, and I think they're going to get caught out really badly at times um one of the things that also struck me that i completely forgot about when i was looking at your potential lineup in this game um you know just starting from the back with chichizola and then you know you have that four two three one and and i was putting lemos as my as the center back for you guys and then i was like wait lemos is not there either what so he went on alone he's in italy what what was the logic behind that because he was he was another guy who could at least be reliable defensively. Um, has a presence. He has a presence also offensively. Is what was there some kind of rush to get him loaned out? That part confused me. I didn't. I wasn't sure. Yeah, um, I, I think the day before he was actually loaned out to Sassuolo, we played. I can't remember who they played against, but he had a really bad game. 
and his confidence just looked completely shot. He was getting whistled by the fans, and it felt like it just felt like a necessary step to to move him on and get wow. him out of there because it it turned really toxic, and his his level had just been way down from what it was under City, and hmm. um, I, th- I think he just needed to go somewhere to to like recover as a player. Um, <clears throat> do you have any interesting stats for us in this game? <laughs> um, I did have a look at some expected goal stuff. Um, I know not everybody is a fan of it, but I think it does a good job. I think most um, people who 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 understand anything about football realize its importance in stats and expected goals. And I'd say those those two or three angry old English people on TV they don't get it. <laughs> that's let's not generalize them to everybody. <laughs> but it's a good yeah, statistic. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I was looking at expected goals stuff, and re- in terms of pure expected goals number, Real Madrid have the best attack in the league. And then if you look on the flip side for expected goals against, Las Palmas are the worst team in the league. So I think that that tells you a lot in in two simple stats what this game might look like. Um, well, that. Oh, yeah, I mean it, that is it is staggering how how different you know just the even statistics statistics aside the eye test with Las Palmas has been a little, there's been a lot uh, lacking and um, I I want I predictions always tend to bite me in the ass so I won't predict anything the other way and I've uh, I'm not a betting man but if I was I've lost I would have lost plenty of money on Real Madrid this season predicting these things and. Um, having said that, they've turned a corner and they look better. But what is your prediction? Oh, um, I'd be surprised if Madrid didn't score three goals. Okay. As a minimum. Okay. Especially with, I don't know if Ronaldo is expected to play in this game, but with the form that he's been in past month or, or longer, I just think. He's just going to get funneled chances all game long, and he he might score four again. Well, that's something that we I kind of forgot to bring up is that Real Madrid also will have one eye on Juventus, and so this is a potential banana peel. And um, who knows who will be rested? Like it's hard to predict these things with Zidane because you just never know. But I'd imagine Jamie. I I don't. I'm not entirely sure Ronaldo plays this game. If it were me, I would rest him. But yeah. Um, so that's something to look up for at least. Um, and then, you know, just your other standard stuff like Las Palmas um, haven't won in seven games. Uh, and Real Madrid generally score, like during this whole run, They, you know, it's been rare that they, they score less than two goals in the game. And all of those things factored in, I think. I think Ronaldo or no Ronaldo, other players are informed too, like Asensio and Isco and Lucas Vazquez. Well, Isco international-wise at least. But um, yeah, I I wanted to ask you something kind of unrelated to this game. Being an editor sure. with Opta, do you get to see a lot of crazy stats just going through people's work? And, and if so, what was the, the one stat that caught your eye in the last week or so that was interesting? Um irrespective of this game or it doesn't have to do with this game but just like a cool stat that you 
that you came across that you want to share maybe? Um, oh, that's a tough question. Um, <laughs> I put you on the spot here. Yeah. Now you've asked me that, I'm thinking that I should read a lot more. Um, <laughs> uh, I think the the recent one that people have been using a lot, which you might have seen, is the possession lost figure. This was this was more for sort of Premier League stuff like Alexis Sanchez. People were using possession lost as like a standalone figure to say this guy had a bad game. Mm. But what people are failing to realise is that needs to be as a percentage of their overall touches in a game. Right. So if you look if you look at the Premier League this season, the, the player who's given the ball away the most is Kevin De Bruyne. Huh. Arguably, arguably player of the year. Yeah. So that that's like sort of the the most recent bad application of stats that we're trying to stop at the moment, which we're we've managed to do. I think this is where you know <clears throat> there's. It seems like sometimes there's two extremes to this this whole stats versus eye test debate where people. Some people who just disregard stats altogether and they're they're completely nonsensical, those people. And then the other people who um, have the opposite view where they don't watch games at all and then they just use stats to start trying to debunk things. And I think this is where you need a balance of the two. It's because, like you said, that De Bruyne stat is completely misleading. And it's like, well, this guy also touches the ball 300 million times per game. And yeah, he's bound to get to lose possession sometimes. And... By the way, this is interesting because like Messi is the same. Like I, I look up Barca's individual stats regularly because I have to just know about them when I when I do the Churrosi Tacticas podcast. But Messi consistently is one of the ho- one of the players who gets dispossessed the most. And yeah. yeah, when you touch the ball every two seconds, that's bound to happen. So that's that's where context is needed, and that's an interesting point to bring up. So yeah. Um. Anything you'd like to plug? Where can people find you on Twitter before we let you go? Um, on Twitter, it's Jamie M. Kemp. Um, anything I do, I'll, I'll post on there. But I haven't been writing as much recently, so it'll just be general sort of stat tweets and observations from La Liga mostly. Jamie Kemp, always a pleasure. Um, hope to do this again. It kind of makes me sad that we may not have to be able to do this next season if you're not in La Liga <laughs> but we'll find another yeah. excuse to connect I'm sure <laughs> alright th- thanks man thanks Jamie cheers have you heard Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions. Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. 
Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions.